Hello, I'm Brett Gilliland, host of the Circuit of Success podcast, and here's what's coming up. I mentor all ages, um, but for me, Good Morning Gorgeous became me being me, my life experience, giving that back and turning yeah. it into a business of coaching. And I'm enhancing that. I'm getting certified in the Jay Shetty School of Coaching now and really want to blow up what I'm doing because I love what I'm doing. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland. Today, I've got Karen Phelps Moore with me. Karen, how you doing? I'm great, Brett. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, good to be with you. And, uh, you know, by the looks, people can probably see up there. You got the Notre Dame football. You got the Notre Dame helmet. You're sitting where? I'm in my home in South Bend, and it does look like I'm a big fan. But I, I have a house <laughs> here that I, I visit. Um my parents and then I rent this house out uh, during the season. So I just yes. happen to be right now uh, working on a few things in, in my new business. So Yes, I love it, which we will talk about soon. You are the uh, founder and CEO of Golden Minds and Good Morning Gorgeous and the founder of Aluna Network, the foundation that you're involved in, do amazing work and so excited to spend time talking about all those. But if you can, um, Karen, let's just kind of start with what I do on every podcast of what's made you the woman you are today. I know that's a pretty bold and or not bold, but kind of an open question, right? They could go a million different directions, but really what's made you the woman you are today to, to wake up and be involved in some amazing companies and the work and the impact that you're making in the world? Well, I grew up here in South Bend. I, my family came here when I was five years old, so I was influenced by an incredible university uh, for the character and personality that we develop in, in, in those youthful years. So I could walk to campus and be around some really great people, learn to give back at a very young age, um, was very determined in my career. I was going to do television. And I uh, married a professional baseball player at a very young age and then supported his journey for about the next 30 years. Mm. Along the way, did some philanthropy and created our own foundation. And so therein lies you know, my work and what I do uh, to this day. Awesome. And uh, your dad is, uh, is a legendary basketball coach there at the University of Notre Dame, uh, Digger Phelps. He's a hell of a guy. And how's Digger doing? He's well, thank you. Uh, he is active in his own way. He's definitely slowed down in the sense of what's on his agenda and in his calendar. He's been doing some world traveling uh, since COVID's been over, and he um, is healthy, and that's always Yeah, that's good. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what did you learn in that role? Obviously, in, in the environment you grew up in, you, you grew up around sports, you grew up around competition, uh, grit. Uh, you know, all the stuff you got to do, right? I mean, to coach at that level and the success he had, obviously I would think that would sprinkle down to kids. And, and so what did you learn watching that from the front row? Well, there was always a giving back component. And so whatever your blessings are to be able to pay that forward, to support others in the community with different organizations. Both of my parents were always demonstrating that. And obviously the university does a really good job of that as well. Yeah. So, um, and, and for, for us, it was um, not only paying it forward, but just knowing how you could make it make things better for others. And so whatever that looked like is what we were trying to do. And so that carried on with me through life and, and to what yeah. I'm doing now. 
Yeah. So let's talk about that, what you're doing now, Golden Mines and Good Morning Gorgeous, uh, the two companies um, that you are uh, a part of and founded and run and uh, making a, a, a huge impact. But let's start with Golden Mines. That's on the T-shirt there. So we'll, we'll talk with that uh, first because I love what you're doing with that. That's how we were introduced and uh, just excited to spend some time talking about it. Let's, let's, let's do that. Well, thank you. So really the story goes, I got very involved in grief and creating a grief camp for kids in the year 2000. Uh, kids ages 6 to 17 get to attend our camp. We partner with hospice type organizations. These are kids who've lost a loved one and then they're surrounded by others um, grieving and uh, don't feel so isolated and lonely. It's a beautiful camp called Camp Aaron. Then founded another camp called Camp Mariposa. That's a camp for kids who live with family addiction. These kids are ages 9 to 12 who actually um, we're breaking the cycle of addiction. It's been around long enough to be proud mm. to see that. Uh, the Department of Justice sees it as a, uh, a camp for um, prevention. And so grief and the addiction and the crossover for me was suicide prevention. And I've worked in, in that area for um, a long time on a national level. Um, and so being a mom of many and having college athletes, I pay attention to this world. And about this time last year, we had too many deaths by suicide that were national yeah. stories. And I saw this idea of taking what we have now in name, image, and likeness and having that be access to student athletes and launching a platform at the same time uh, called Golden Minds. And this is the mental health support for our student athletes. So I am directly working with student athletes from Notre Dame, St. Mary's, which is the girls' school across the street. And then the other school here in South Bend is um, Holy Cross College. And so, you know, we're looking at about a thousand athletes um, that have access to Golden Minds and to Golden Touch, the NIL. but. Um, really in development. Um, thought I would build a resource center, and that is not where this generation is. They're not clicking on links. They need to communicate through their phone and um, feel safe. And so just building that. Um, I'm in town right now to host what I started uh, a few months ago, and that's called We Hear You. And I just want to hear them. I want to meet them where they are. I bring in experts. They go home with some tools about um, how to deal with what's going on in, in their world. You know, it's a, it is a crazy world, as we know. Yeah. And to maintain the, the academics and the athletics and the social life, um, along with social media and other things, um, it's a lot for these kids ages 18 to 24. So yeah. Golden Minds is that um, outside support that uh, is going to do some big things. Yeah. And it is, it, you are seeing it more and more often. And it's, you know, I wonder, is it, are we seeing it more often? Cause there's news on all the time, but I don't, I don't think that's the case. I truly think it is happening more and more. And, and whether it's our, our phone, it's the world we live in today. I mean, what are your, what advice would you have for those listeners right now that, you know, we have kids and, and maybe we don't have college athletes yet. My kids are still in high school, junior high and in, in grade school. And, and you're the mother of eight children, uh, which is, I have four kids and I think that's crazy. I can't imagine having eight. Uh, so I digress. But anyway, what are you seeing? What advice would you have for those that, that are out there trying to make an impact in the world with kids and our mental health? What advice would you have for us? 
You have to start the conversation. There can't be stigma around it. And so it has to be dinner conversation. You have to do check-ins with your kids. You can also surround your kids with other safe people that they can talk to. They're not always comfortable coming home and talking about it. So who are the coaches? Who are the other adults in the room that they can go to? Um, Empower them if they think that one of their friends isn't well, that they should, should tell somebody. Um, it, it's a crisis, absolutely. And COVID didn't help, but we can do better. And so starting the conversation, breaking the stigma is the first thing for sure. And then surrounding them with safe people to, to go to, to talk about it. Um, and then doing the check-ins. Yeah. And that's whether it's, you know, we're talking about, you know, suicide, terrible, um, but, but also then on the flip side of that, if we look at it even from the business side, right? I mean, that, that's important, whether it's mental health, if it's business. I mean, we got to have check-ins. We got to check in with our employees. We got to check in with our teammates, check in at home, right? I mean, all the things that you're saying are, are such a big deal in all facets of life. But I think this this mental side is important. And I think it's okay in today's world, too. What I'm seeing is it's okay more for men, especially to have those conversations and be okay and be transparent and be vulnerable. You know, I've been very transparent on this podcast. And then when I talk publicly at speeches and different things is I dealt with anxiety a lot. Right. And uh, you can either make that a, a weak part of your system or you can make that a strength. Right. And I found the more I've talked about it, the more I've been open about it, the more somebody comes up to you and they're like, man, I didn't know that. I, I'm struggling with that too, right? And so I think when, when you hear me say that, being open, being transparent, being vulnerable, what are your thoughts there? I applaud you. Way to go because our generation's not doing that. And that's where it starts is to just recognize that it exists within you and you, it's okay to have days where you're not okay. Yeah. And so then it does come down to the choice of, you know, if, if you stay in it or if you can help yourself get out of it. Lots of professionals out there that are, you know, can support you and help you through it. Sometimes you just need the tools on how to get through it. Sometimes you just need to be heard. And while life is super complicated, it is important to know that there are people out there that will listen to you and give you advice. Um, there's a lot of people that give you bad advice too. Um, but as we grow and develop, we, we learn to be more mindful in life. We, we learn to be more methodical in our thinking and our reactions. Um, we definitely have to do that in parenting and certainly um, in relationships and uh, at work and things like that. So it's a, it's a nonstop work in your own self-development. But if you have self-awareness, that's a huge first step. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about, cause these, these two go in, uh, hand in hand and you do an amazing job on the, on this stuff with golden minds, but you also have part of the company that talks about NIL and you mentioned that, right? The name, image, and likeness. I have a philosophy on this and I'm, I'm curious somebody that's in the business. You've been in the sports world. You're basically your whole life. Not basically it has been your whole life, right? What are you, what are your thoughts on NIL and the transfer portal? And, and if we can't go down this route because of your roles and what you do, you tell me to shut up and go, I'll go to the next question. But, but I have a huge passion about this. And let me tell you why, if that's okay. I struggle with, I think, let's just take the March Madness, the college basketball we just got done with, right? We saw teams you never would have bet any money on that they'd be in the Final Four. 
right? So I think it's leveling the playing field there. I love that part of it. Here's what I don't like. I don't like the fact that if I played a little bit of golf in college, let's just use that as an example, that if my coach comes and holds me accountable, and I don't want to be held accountable in today's world, right? I'm a kid. I'm this, I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to be challenged. I don't want to be held accountable. I, I don't want to be pushed to my limit. It's just a lot more comfortable for me to just say, you know what? I'm out, right? I'm leaving company X or uh, school X and I'm going over here. I'm curious your thoughts on that. What's it doing to our kids right now? Because it scares me for an accountability and toughness factor that we're not giving them. Well, I think you bring up a really good point. I don't um, think that everyone's really looking at that piece of it. I think what they're looking at is the playing time or the accessibility to an NIL deal. And, you know, let's make that even for them. But the accountability, that's going to have to come from home. That's going to have to come from within themselves because it absolutely will catch up to them. Yeah. If you're in an environment where you get to run all the time and not have to face adversity, um, you know, and you just think it's greener and it's better, that is not going to be a pattern that's going to work for you in life. Yeah. And so, look, I grew up where I couldn't give any of my dad's players a bagel or a car ride, right? And so when I looked at exploring getting involved in the NIL, I was very standoffish about it. It's not going away. We can do this right. There are right ways to do it. Lots of influencers out there making money just putting their name on something, right. looking good, whatever it is. And so if this is an opportunity for a student athlete to monetize at any level, I think that they should. I think that they've been held back in doing that. There are very strict rules around that. A school like Notre Dame really did live by that. Yeah. Um, so it was already an unfair playing field, quite honestly, because not every school lives that way. Right. So. It's not a pay-to-play situation, but it's definitely a chance to monetize yourself if you're passionate. So my NIL players, we're gonna, we are involved in a movement around mental health. So I'm looking for companies that this is important to them. They come to me. They have access to these amazing athletes. Together, we'll be pushing mental health, starting the conversation, breaking the stigma, yeah. you know, coming up with tools. Uh, they can become a captain and a leader in this part of their team and role models around uh, the, the country, quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So you bring up a really good point about that, but I think that that also comes from home um, right. and where the accountability is. You know, it's been really hard raising kids um, for you know this generation. Uh, what they what they feel is is they deserve and then they've had to you know live through covid so yeah we yeah. aren't gonna know and i think you're right you're gonna be on to something um certainly if you're a coach the transfer portal is very difficult so there's it is what it is there can be some stricter boundaries around it i suppose but it's going to exist and we're gonna have to figure out how to right. make it. Well, it's funny i, I, I kind of being in the final game, by the way, uh, <laughs> you love that. The, that was like a dream come true for our town. That's awesome. That was a big deal. And it was a lot of fun to watch. And so I do like it for that. Right. I think that's, it becomes to your point, it's a more of a, uh, a fair playing field, right? Because, uh, and, and you're not saying this, I am, but the old school days where you hear these stories of, you know, the duffel bag happens to be on the tarmac and it's full of cash, right. And that kid goes to that college, 
last minute and and all that. But now you have, you know, whether it's the basketball players you hear about making a million dollars a year or these, uh, I don't even know their names, but there's twin uh, girls from Miami. They're making a million or $2 million a year, right? It's like, how long can that go? And, and so my other philosophy on this is what I do like about it is it's hard. And I'm in the wealth management business. That's my day-to-day job. Right. And so I understand money and the importance of that and giving money to somebody young is tough, but at least when they get drafted, sometimes they may have the wrong people around them. Right. So now you have this kid who's 18, 20, 22 years old, whatever, and they get drafted. They're around millions of dollars and no circle. I at least like the fact that I would trust if a kid's making even a hundred thousand dollars at Notre Dame, there's a slew of people around him or her that's going to take care of them, right? That's my hope. I hope that these universities are doing that, that they are creating people around them to be good stewards of what's going on. Not necessarily per se. So my NIL is golden touch. My NIL for these student athletes is the A to Z. It supports them from the, the contract through the obligation when they get the money, the finances, the taxes. I'm also bringing in things, um, organizations that are going to support the kids and mentor them and educate them on what to do with their investments. Mm. Uh, So it's the whole package of the, the student athlete, the human being today and into the future. Not necessarily are all of the NILs doing this. And certainly Notre Dame is, is not... We are last to the table on the NILs. We're a very small group. I'm separate than the university. I'm just here for the the students um, as a third party. Um, You know, with the university's blessing, because my whole package is around mental health. And so um, I just want shout outs. I want stories. This is how we're going to break the stigma is that you're hearing stories of others feeling just like you and if you need help, then we'll find you help. Yeah. So uh, I'm bouncing around here on some things. and But let's talk about, so you, I read on your website um, for the Good Morning Gorgeous, you know, you were uh, using your words, you were in your 50s uh, when you did this. You, you bet on yourself, you're starting a new company. Uh, I mean, talk to our listeners out there right now that have that dream, right? They want to follow, they want to be the best version of themselves. They want to achieve a future greater than your past, which is our motto. Um Talk to them. What advice do you have for them? Why did you bet on yourself? And are you happy you took, you've taken the risk that you've taken? Well, I mean, quite honestly, I didn't get to live my dream. And that was to uh, work in sports television uh, in the 80s and 90s and followed uh, my husband's dream and path. And he played a very long time. And that just became our world. And so I was always kind of in a corner trying to figure out what I was going to do. And at 40, I started my own spin studio because I loved doing it and it wasn't in my neighborhood. <laughs> um, and then um, and, and other projects like that. So after the divorce, I did a lot of work on myself and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I have a degree from Notre Dame. Again, I didn't get to do my career and that is a regret um, for me. And I'm just being authentic and vulnerable sharing that. So how long did you know that? Sorry to interrupt, but how long did you know that? How long did that regret take you or not regret? How long did it take for you to realize you were having regret? I've been, I, I certainly have been open about it probably more in the divorce because, you know, that was his dream. I was supporting his dream. Um, and then you get to reflect when you don't end up staying together. You're just like, okay, 
you know, lots of amazing, great things we did as a couple and as a family that I would never change. Um, but for me, I went to, I worked in television in high school. I went to Notre Dame. I interned summers. Like this was my dream. This was my goal. This is what I was going to do. I started the path of doing the Olympics. I did the 88 Olympics in Calgary with ABC, was supposed to go to Seoul and then got married instead. And we were traded after we were married. I think if we'd stayed in Chicago, it'd be a different story. But we were traded and there began this journey of many, many moves and nine teams and decades in Major League Baseball. So for me, um, certainly in a divorce, I, I verbalize it. I may have felt it, but now I verbalize it. And I have daughters, yeah. so I share this with them. And they get it and they see it and they understand. And so now I share it with other women. And so for me, when I took my grief work to a place organically helping widows reimagine love, because I had a friend who was a widow and she had set up her match and took it down. I'm like, no, we can do this. And it went well and built self-esteem and self-confidence. And she was dating again. Um, and I thought, well, this is cool. I could do this. So that's where the Good Morning Gorgeous comes from, the elite TLC dating. And then along the way, other populations came in. I work with men and women and divorced people, people who haven't dated in a long time, people who've been sick and are getting out there dating again. So reimagining love. And then there's this whole thing about your your dreams and, and where, where can you take your dreams, no matter where you are in life. I, so I life coach people. Some people have fallen into money and want to figure out what to do with it. Some people in their careers. I mentor all ages. Um, but... For me, Good Morning Gorgeous became me being me, my life experience, giving that back and turning yeah. it into a business of coaching. And I'm enhancing that. I'm getting certified in the Jay Shetty School of Coaching now and really want to blow up what I'm doing because I love what I'm doing. And so I'm excited about that. So I have that and I have this mental health piece. And I have two freshmen in college athletes. And so I live this with them, um, the mental health and sports. And my youngest has been in residential treatment. She's adopted special needs for the last two plus years. And so mm -hmm. I also live that as well. So I'm walking the talk, but I'm also building communities and finding holes where we don't have things. And how can, how can I find the experts to build what I can at Golden Mines to support student athletes, yeah. not only here, but I hope to take it everywhere. And where did you find your passion? Do you think that just came to you like just one day or is that years of like, you know, thinking about it, journaling, dreaming, whatever it is? Like, how did that come to you? I wish like, why I was this? like my point to that is, I guess, why this? Right. Yeah, no, I, I think um, when I when I formed Good Morning Gorgeous, I was definitely going back to mentors in my life and saying, okay, what, what is my life? What could it look like? I even thought about going back into television, going back to the Olympics. It's going to be in LA in 28. That's right. And then things were just happening organically and naturally. And in COVID, I was able to keep coaching people. You know, I could take on as many people with a lot of downtime, um, with all of us being at home. So, uh, that just, evolved that way. I got certified um, as a thought coach, just kept enhancing myself and the business. And I get to apply that to my clients. So now I can really reflect and say, okay, I like the flexibility. I like being able to travel and see my kids and 
live life a little bit. I have to be there for my youngest. I you know, mm -hmm. drive her journey, uh, navigate that, which is not easy uh, day to day. And this allows me to, to still connect people, be connected to people, uh, build community. And I'm sure that I learned all that right here at Notre Dame. Yeah. I saw it. And your value system, right? I mean, I think that we talk about that at work a lot. We got to be values connected. We got to be vision connected. I think that's critically important. So when you hear those words, values, what comes to mind for you? Well, I think you can, what you need to learn in a value is that perfectly imperfect is okay. So if you are stuck in perfection, if you're stuck in a facade if you're stuck in a place where you feel like you need to prove to everybody that you can do things, handle things, not do things small, always do things big, you know, you're going to burn out. You're going to burn yourself out. You're going to burn the people out around you. And so then the next thing is authenticity. And so how do you get to be authentic with yourself? And then it's all about self-care and self-love and to be able to really love yourself. I know that sounds kind of weird, but I don't know. How many people can say they love themselves, right? But you yeah. need to love yourself in order to be loved authentically by others. And self-care is huge. You know, especially moms, we are doing everything for everybody else all the time. And if we don't take care of ourselves, then the rest isn't going to work. This being around like-minded people, it's important to have a partner that supports you in all of that too, that lifts you up. Even if you're full of self-esteem and self-confidence, know that you deserve and should be getting from your partner that that you're uplifted that you're appreciated um because that too can get really old and you can get burned out so um you know there's a lot of things that we can work on just day-to-day -day mindfulness and whether you're doing meditation or how you decide to wake up and set your intentions for the day how you are at night when you go to bed definitely living with gratitude um, and I, I always, I hope that I inspire people to give back that, that fills my heart so much. I, my next favorite thing other than being with my kids is to be at my camp and watch these kids, um, you know, grow and heal and find hope and healing yeah. in themselves and be able to take that home. So giving back at whatever level that is, it can be big or small. So let's peel that onion layer back a little bit on the self-care side. So if, if I followed you around for a week or a month, you know, pick the time frame. What am I seeing? Um, what am I seeing Karen do day in and day out to take care of herself? Um, sleep is definitely something that I'm requiring more with age. Uh, and so recognizing that you need more sleep uh, and rest and recovery. Uh, working out for me has always been very important. Uh, that's the, the mental health for me, quite honestly. My family knew it was good if I got a workout in that day. And you just feel better and you know, yeah. look better. All that comes in one package. Um, Can I, I stop I, you there for a second? How, how do yeah. you, how are you doing that? So how, what are the age ranges of the kids? So unfortunately, because of COVID, I became an empty nester um, four years sooner than we were supposed to. Okay. And in the divorce, Jamie and I have been sharing. So I've been in transition um, for a while now in the sense of 
what was normal. And by the way, what's normal? I was married to Major League Baseball and moved 88 times and had eight kids. And the bigs were in three schools. And, you know, it was just this grind. And I was always finding a workout for sure. Well, that's where um, I was going with that. You're, you're hitting the nail on the head here is, is so many people, I don't have time, right? I don't have time to read 10 pages a day, or I don't have time for a five minute meditation or a workout or whatever. Right? And I can be guilty of that sometimes. And so what did, what did you do as a mother of eight moving all over the country, husband's out of town playing sports? Um, like what were you doing to make sure that stuff gets done? Because it's easier now, I would assume, right, with being an empty nester. So, but yeah. what were you doing when the, when the grind was going on? How were you doing it? Um, it was just always a part of the schedule. So if I was, you know, I owned the spin studio, so that was seven years of my life teaching that five a.m. class and probably two more during the day. Um, but just always, if we were on the road, I was in the hotel. It was just a priority to me, and I think that's what it what it comes down to. And a lot of people, we do get caught up in not making ourselves a priority. And with mm -hmm. age, I'm going to do Pilates until I'm a hundred. You know, you have to change your workouts where, you know, I used to box and do yeah. really poor cardio. You know, if I can get one Pilates session in a day, I'm thrilled. Um, so you just recognize, um, that actually that's super important anyway, uh, for your health, uh, eating right. Um, watching alcohol consumption, um, which definitely got harder in COVID. And then all of a sudden <laughs> now we're like, okay, we, we can't do that every day anymore. Well, it's so, three o'clock. What are we going to do now? I guess we drink. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, I think it just, it has to be innate. You can surround yourself with others too. So if your partner's motivating and inspiring that way, you can do it together. Um, it, yeah. I think it's a great example for the kids. Um, it's just who, who I've always been. And so yeah. that's just who I'll always be. Yeah. I have good role model around me. It's hard for you to understand somebody that doesn't do it, isn't it? No, I get that. I think, um, a lot of people can get away with that. I think that that catches up to you at some point. Um, you know, I, we're an athletic family. I love playing tennis and golf as well, but they're, you know, extracurricular sports in my life. Um, yeah. Just just staying active, I think, is just important. Yeah. Uh, I live in California where we lead an active life. I don't get to hibernate um, in these winter states. Um, so, uh, and, you know, it keeps you young. I'm around student athletes all the time. They keep me young. Yeah. So... Love it. Um, when you hear the word fear, um, I, I used to ask this question. I've gotten away from it for the last couple of months. But the, the fears you've put in your mind over the years, how many of those fears have actually blown up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be? I don't think that I've lived a life fear-based at all. And I don't have thoughts that are fear-based. I don't have actions that are fear-based. What I did most of my life was prove everything to everybody. I got this, you know, like, and it was never small. It was always big. And so it took me a long time in life to figure out that pattern where, I mean, I was doing everything, having kids, doing the projects, doing the philanthropy, my own, the teams, um, on boards, uh, creating baseball leagues, 
I loved all of it. Um, what I've gotten better at doing is being present. So probably I was avoiding and filling voids. I grew up in a celebrity lifestyle, very public life, married right into that. And so for me, I can sit here and say, okay, what's real? You know, what's important to me? And I think that another really good thing out of COVID was that we could look at our lives. We could simplify our lives. We could recognize that we could be together and enjoy each other and, and um, be present. And so for me now, it's where I used to go to bed with no to-do list. I have probably two notepads full of to-dos that I have to do. Things, yeah. dreams, aspirations, to-do list. I'm a, yeah. I'm a change this uh, subject here a little bit. I li- I've been liking this question lately. I'm going to have you pick a number, but I'm on your Instagram. Okay. So okay. pick a number between one and 10. Okay. okay. Go ahead and say that. What is it? Eight. Okay. And then uh, now between one and three, pick a number between one and three. Two. Okay, number two. Let's see. That picture is, uh, looks like you. It says, what a wild weekend of weather and endless fun with dear friends and silly family at Notre Dame. Blessed with a community of big brothers, dad's former players, an awesome brother and his perfect kids, my beautiful Katie Rose, and my dedicated loving sailor uh, who helped me uh, tailgate set up and so on. So talk to me about that post to you. You probably, I can see your smile on your face. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, I've been on it. social media and off social media. Um, okay. When I was on before, I had a lot more followers. Um, and I've been, I went off for a while around my daughter's mental health and um, came back. And so I know my post because I don't post as much <laughs> as I used to. And now we have stories, which is where you can post more than where we used to just post everything. So that I remember because I was here at Notre Dame and this past football season, I hosted tailgates to get the word out about what I was doing with Golden Touch and Golden Minds. And that particular weekend, I had my daughter up from her boarding school, which is just south of here in Indiana. I had my significant other here. And it happened to be a game that a lot of my dad's former players were back. Mm. And so the picture is me with um, a bunch of those guys that are like big brothers to me. And at the end of the day, truthfully, they've become mentors and advisors to me in my new business with Golden Touch and Golden Minds. And so that, you know, I just to sit and reflect in that and to remember your roots, I think is really important. I'm definitely a nostalgic person that way. Um, But be able to share it with with my kids. My brother was in town that weekend with some of his kids, so I cherish that kind of stuff. It's awesome, awesome. Yeah. I love uh, I love those questions just because it's neat. Because obviously, when people make a so post, you, right, there's some big meaning behind it. What? How did you go from the eight to the two? Well, so I just said one through ten because if you said twenty or like said like one through fifty, we I'd have to scroll and count. It'd take forever. So one through ten was the tenth row on your Instagram, and then one through three, this was the second picture of the three oh. that, of the way it looks on your Instagram. So okay. uh, I'm sure there's better ways to play the game, but I uh, that's that's kind of how I've done it, and so I think it, it's that's cool, cool, right? It's uh, yeah. you know like the, another one here. The, if you would have said third, it says national. Uh, gratitude month, right? Psychologists find that over time, feeling grateful boosts happiness and fosters both physical and psychological health. That was one of your posts. And so, you know, I have a, a journal that's now out, shameless plug here live on, uh, it's on Amazon, 
But one of the things that we talk about every day is, is your gratitude, right? What, what are the two, three, four things that you're thankful for? And I find that even on days where, you know, you wake up, maybe you're a little tired, had kid events, whatever is if I can focus on the things I'm grateful for every day, and it's a game changer, right? And then at the end, I have a gratitude exercise that I think is important that, you know, how many times do we take pictures with these phones, right? We take pictures and we may not look at them. Um, but every 90 days I go through and I look at the last 90 days of pictures and I write down everything I got to experience with my wife, my kids, my friends, my firm, whatever, right? All those things. And for the next 90 days, I celebrate those. And then I look at the next 90 days ahead and say, what experiences can I create? Okay. Mm. So that's my exercise. So when you hear that, what comes to mind for you? Well, that's fantastic. I think the piece that, um, I find most inspiring because I do all of what you do is uh, to look ahead and how, you know, what, how am I, what am I going to create ahead? And that, that's harder for me. I like to really, when you're really present, you can, I guess that's setting your intentions more. Uh, Early. I look at photos from a year ago. So today I'll look at photos from a year ago and the year before that. And that really takes me back. I'm sna- I'm screenshotting those and sending those to my kids all the time. We do the exact same thing. It's so awesome. <laughs> Remember when? Yeah. Um, and no, I, I'm grateful for pictures. I'm definitely that person. I had albums. My first four kids have a lot of photo albums. The rest don't because right. we don't have. Life gets anymore. busy, right? <laughs> well, we don't print them. We don't. Oh have yeah, them. that's so true. Yeah, yeah. There's no albums. I mean, it's all digital, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's really great. And that's, you know, not many men do that, Brett. So I applaud you for that because um, to sit in gratitude is really confusing to people. You know, you can be grateful and feel blessed and count your blessings and pay it forward. But to really specifically write it down um, and to reflect on that. And it can be the smallest thing like I got out of bed. Yeah. And that's real for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think it can change your mindset too, right? Like I was pissed the other day. My, I have terrible allergies. So I'm like, even right now, my eyes, I want to rip my eyeballs out. They hurt so bad. And, and so I was, I was going down the path of, oh, it's, you know, my allergies and blah, blah, blah. I'm bitching and moaning about it. And then I'm like, you know what? Today I'm grateful for is the, the grass is turning green. Like where I'm at, right? The, in St. Louis area, the grass is turning green. The, the flowers are blooming. It's starting to be warm weather. It means it's golf weather. And, and so, and so it's amazing how that mind shift change, uh, just by a little challenge to yourself, it, that goes a long way as well. Well, and I, I find too, with age, I don't really want to be around negativity. I, no. I don't even, and it's a hard country to be in <laughs> separating yourself from negativity That's and right. all of the, the things that are happening. So you really have to work hard at that. I find myself isolating more than being around people because people are so negative. Um, my great, the other thing that I love to do if I'm not at my camps is to be on mission trips where everybody's like-minded and we're all there for yeah. the same reason to give back. So um, the more you can do that in life, the better your days are going to be. And um, I think for you, you're, you know, you're paying it forward on the podcast. So I, I think it's great. I appreciate awesome. you having me. Where, uh, where do our listeners find more of you? Where can we, uh, where can we send them in the show notes? Well, I appreciate that. Uh, so probably the best 
place to find me. Um, well, if you're interested in grief and addiction and my camps, that's alunanetwork.org. And then um, certainly on social media, um, on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Um, but uh, if you are interested, have a friend who's talking about reimagining love, find me at goodmorninggorgeous.com. And then if you're interested in mental health and student athletes, find me at goldenminds.world. Dot world. Okay. Awesome. What's well, been awesome having you, Karen, and I uh, really enjoyed our time and uh, go Irish. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Brett. Thank you.